Elena Getzenberg, there are NFL training camps happening everywhere around this country. Which one are you at right now? I'm at Bill's training camp in Western New York, beautiful Western New York in the summertime, enjoying Bill's camp in Buffalo and Rochester. So going through it dorm room style. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of activity around this team from the offseason all the way until now. Just quickly, what's been the mood of this team during camp? It's been a very typical Buffalo Bills training camp. They've got big expectations for this year. There's a lot on the line. They obviously, Super Bowl is the goal once again after falling short. There was a little bit of drama to start camp with getting through the Stefan Diggs situation, maybe is a good word for it, after he missed one practice at mandatory mini camp. But that was addressed early, and it's actually been a pretty chill, quiet camp overall. There hasn't been too much going on, except for one thing that did happen on the first day they practiced in full pads because DeMar Hamlin was there and he was practicing in full pads. Well, good evening, everyone. A year full of milestones for Buffalo Bills safety. DeMar Hamlin produced yet another one today. Yes, Hamlin doing something that he has not done in about seven months. Can you believe it? Bills fans cheering as he took the field wearing full pads. He has not done that since he went into cardiac arrest on the field in Cincinnati back in January. An NFL safety put on pads and went to practice isn't really a story. We normally wouldn't be having this conversation about such a thing. But for the past seven months, a lot has been focused on his recovery. And now I'm at training camp. (laughs) We're talking about football. And I think people are now starting to focus on something that wasn't even worthy of thinking about. But we're here now. So conversations are happening about DeMar Hamlin, the football player, and what exactly is next for him. Remember where you were the night of January 3rd. You probably had just learned the name DeMar Hamlin. And the last thing you, or any of us really, were thinking about was football. We all just had one question. Is DeMar Hamlin going to survive? Seven months later, the answer to that question is an amazing and emphatic and inspirational yes. And now, perhaps even more remarkably... DeMar Hamlin has returned to the practice field for the Buffalo Bills. And his identity as a young player trying to keep a roster spot and build a career in the NFL is no longer an afterthought. So today, Bills beat reporter Elena Getzenberg gives us a look inside DeMar Hamlin's comeback and gauges how secure his job actually is. I'm Israel Gutierrez. It's Monday, August 7th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
Elena Getzenberg, Bill Safety, Demar Hamlin is back at practice in full pads just a little over seven months after suffering cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. His first padded practice was last Monday, which just saying those sentences back to back is just mind blowing. Uh, can you set the scene for us there? What was the first practice like for Demar Hamlin from start to finish? There was this air to it. You could feel something was happening. This is a guy who almost died on a football field in front of thousands of people. And he's going back to the thing that caused him to collapse. There were so many signs for Damar Hamlin. His family was there. His agent was there. But it was a normal padded practice. <laughs> they did the drills they normally do. It, there was passes. There was good plays. There was bad plays. And Damar Hamlin played safety. That was kind of what was remarkable about it. The little things him stretching and the head athletic trainer, Nate Bresky, coming over to him and saying, hey. It was him talking to his parents on the sideline, giving his mom a hug. It was these little things that otherwise, like as a beat reporter, I'm like, that happens every day. But because yeah. it was Damar Hamlin and it was because it was those moments, the little things felt remarkable. The one thing that he did a little different than normal was usually Damar Hamlin is waving at the fans. He gets quite a loud cheer now when he runs out onto the practice field. But this time he was kind of like in his mode. His helmet was on. He wasn't waving as much when he first got out to practice. And he also took some time to put his hands up to the sky and do a prayer. And you could tell there was it was a little more intensity to this practice. Yeah, it's almost like after everybody watched that happen to him, maybe we are not ready to move on. But here is Damar in practice, ready to continue with his life and his career. So after that first one, the days that followed, what did you see from Damar? More normalcy, which is so, I think that's the best thing I could say, right? That it just felt like Damar Hamlin was playing football, which it has. They've had more padded practices and he's continued to play safety. He's on team drills. He's participating like he normally would be. He had a really cool play where Damar Hamlin caught an interception and celebrated with his teammates, including his close friend, Dane Jackson, who's on the team. And it just felt like that was cool, right? That was yep. something where it was a step forward from him, from someone who's facing his fears and getting back on a football field. He had an interception in practice in one of his first days in padded practice. Like, that means something. There are no instant replays in practice that will live forever in his mind as an interception returned, possibly for a touchdown. Um, <laughs> now that you are getting to watch him, we're all getting to watch him back on the football field at times. How's he feeling about being back to football after everything he's been through with his recovery? He described it as a roller coaster of emotions, that he's feeling all sorts of things. What up? to be uh, in pads again. Uh, man, it feels amazing. It's a roller coaster of emotions. I was kind of all over the place, you know, just kind of being back for the first time. Like, I pretty much lost my life playing this sport. You know what I'm saying? So to come back and do it all over again, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's just, you know, it's, it's all over the place, you know what I mean? But He's said it was amazing to be out there and all of these things, but he also acknowledged that, like, there is some fear involved. In football, you can't, you can't hit that field with no hesitation. You know what I'm saying? You put yourself in more danger by doing that. But I'm processing a thousand emotions, you know. I'm not afraid to say that I, I'm, 
you know, it, it crosses my mind of, you know, being a little scared, you know, here and there. But, you know, like I say, my, my, my strength is rooted in my faith, and my faith is stronger than any fear. He had a press conference after that first padded practice and talked a lot about that, how that's helped him, his faith, because he believes that things are happening for a reason, and that was really powerful to hear from him. You know, as long as your faith is stronger than your fears, you can get through anything. And so that's, that's what I'm living by right now. And it's also, he wants to be a football player. Right. He, he shared that he would like to be going through this journey on his own. He almost wants to be like under a rock. But he realizes that there's power in sharing this story with everyone. So I think, can you imagine all of those emotions? You're figuring out for yourself how you return to the place, you know, you almost died. Right. And now you're sharing that with the world. That first little moment of contact, that was just like, just letting me know, like, it just felt alive, man. It felt like I'm here, you know. It was, I'm, I'm overcoming a thousand and thousand and thousand of one's emotions, and I'm, I'm processing them all at one time, you know what I mean, while trying to focus and execute, you know, execute at the highest level in the world. Well, that fear is shared also because I believe everybody who cares about DeMar, who cares about the sport, who cares about athletes, uh, want to see him perform, but are also a little bit afraid of what might happen. So let's just talk about the diagnosis here. Hamlin confirmed back in April that his cardiac arrest was caused by commodio cordis, this rare but dangerous heart injury. What do we know about his long-term medical prognosis and whether that injury is something he needs to be concerned about long-term? So I'm actually going to quote the American Heart Association here because I am not a cardiologist. I do not have a degree of any kind in the medical field. So, so everyone understands it's an extremely rare consequence of blunt force trauma to the heart that happens at exactly the wrong time in the heart rhythm, and it causes the heart to stop beating effectively. I think it's important to understand from this that it's random, that the odds of it happening are so small. It's not something that will happen every day. It's something that's very random to it. I think that's important to remember because DeMar Hamlin visited several cardiologists, several heart specialists before the bills felt comfortable and he felt comfortable that he was cleared physically. And they feel like he's at a point where his physical health, he is safe to play football. This isn't really, he needs to be too concerned about going forward. At this point, they're much more focused on his mental health feeling they wouldn't put him out there if there was any doubt that physically that he was at any risk. Yeah, that's something that I don't think people either know yet or are just comfortable understanding that the idea that DeMar's heart stopped beating on the field. But if you read up on this particular situation, that there's suggestions that there's no real long-term impact and that successful treatment may result in no further heart problems at all. Exactly. And I think it's really important to emphasize here that DeMar Hamlin has received the best medical care you can ask for. He would not be on a football field if they felt there was a risk. And he's at a point where, no, it is safe to return to football. And the risks of it happening again are so random. He's not at extra risk because this happened based on what they know about this type of cardiac arrest. You mentioned the specialist that he saw, um, one of the final special or the final specialists he saw went as far as to tell Hamlin that he felt returning to playing would be good for his mental health. Uh, I thought that was interesting. So I'm curious, at any point in his journey back, did he consider walking away from the game? That's never really <laughs> the vibe he's given off. 
Sitting in the hospital bed, I think there were some games on. And um, this is around the time where I'm going through a lot in my head, just trying to process everything that was going on. But just watching watching teams play, watching other safeties play, that's where I just see, I, I seen and felt my love for the game. And that's where I was just like, I, I don't want to be done yet. Football is a part of DeMar Hamlin's life. Back in McKees Rocks, um, right in Pittsburgh, um, where he's from, he grew up playing football. It's all he knows. And he's made it pretty clear that getting back to football has always been the goal. He actually said this week that he has things he still wants to accomplish in football. I got goals that I, that I still want to achieve within this game. And football teaches you so much about yourself. It teaches you so much about life. Uh, you learn so much about yourself through the game. So... While he did admit, like I said, there was some fear involved with this week, he also embraced it as a challenge. And he wants to play football, so he's going back out there and doing that. And he's also realizing that the platform, in part, that this is all given him because he plays football. So he's embracing that. Okay, well, then let's talk some football in terms of the the depth chart with the Bills. I want you to compare his status now with where he was prior to the cardiac episode because I think most football fans had never heard of him before the incident. I know I hadn't heard of DeMar Hamlin. How frequently was he playing last year? And in general, what was his season like before the incident? So 2022 was DeMar Hamlin's second season in the NFL. And he was a backup on a very, very talented Bills roster that has no shortage of Pro Bowl, all pro players on defense. And he was starting behind safeties Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who are the longest standing safety duo in the NFL. They've been very successful together. But Micah Hyde suffered a neck injury in week two against the Tennessee Titans. And ultimately, he ended up being out for the rest of the season. Well, that gave DeMar Hamlin an opportunity to start. Before that, his rookie year, he'd been playing mostly special teams. But this was his chance to play a lot more snaps on defense. So he ended up starting the rest of the season for Micah up and through that Bengals game and playing alongside Jordan Poyer for most of the season. And it he was playing well. He wasn't Micah Hyde, which defensive backs coach John Butler kind of referenced this week where he wasn't going to be Micah Hyde. He's mm-hmm. not at that level, but he played well overall. He had some better games than others, but he did a good job filling in for Micah Hyde. Then you would think that based on what happened last year, that maybe his roster spot would be safe this year. But obviously things change from season to season. Just curious, is his roster spot at risk at all? This is an interesting conversation because if everything hadn't happened to DeMar Hamlin that has in the past seven months, he would be in that roster bubble conversation. We're probably competing with the likes of veteran Dean Marlowe, who they brought back this offseason and trying to find that spot on the roster. Because as I said, this is a talented Bills team. There's not a lot of spots to go around. If you make this roster, you're a good football player. But for DeMar, it's hard because he's in that backup safety group. And it's really important for guys like that to play special teams. But as the NFL has kind of talked about every offseason, special teams is dangerous. There's a lot of hits that come with that and danger to it. So he could play special teams. He has done some in camp, but he's not a lock to really be a key special teams contributor. And he's going to be a backup safety. So there does come that like, Where does he fit in? But right now, I would have him as the fourth safety on this roster and making this team. That's the football side of it. 
There's also, DeMar Hamlin is a part of this football team in the sense that, like, his relationship with the people here and everything they've been through and what he means from just having him on the field. Guys have talked about how motivating it is for them to have DeMar Hamlin around. DeMar Hamlin means a lot to the people in that athletic training room. He means a lot to the people in that building. And I don't think that gets you a roster spot at all. That's not what I'm saying. As a backup safety, DeMar Hamlin has played well enough to make this team. And then, you know, as the 53 shakes out, there's those conversations. But everything about DeMar Hamlin will go beyond football at this point. Up next, what DeMar's future looks like on and off the football field. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Elena, you mentioned what DeMar Hamlin means to a lot of people in that building, to a lot of the training staff. Well, earlier this summer, we saw him at the ESPYs presenting an award to the Bills training staff that saved him. What was that moment like for him? It was... The most emotional that I have seen DeMar publicly since all of this happened. He introduced a video that he narrated, kind of going over everything that's happened. Good evening. It is great to be here tonight to introduce to you a few friends of mine. But first, let me tell you a story of how we all got to know each other. When the video concluded, He was visibly emotional. He was crying. He just couldn't kind of bring himself to say the words because it showed what this all has meant to him. He needed several seconds to kind of bring himself together to be even to introduce um, the training staff out there. Please welcome this year's recipient of the Pat Tillman Award for Service, 
the training staff of the Buffalo Bills. And then once they did bring him out there, they all comforted him. You could just tell this, this meant, this means more. There was something else about this because I think he realizes what they've done for him. These people saved his lives and he got emotional for a long time. It was just a really special moment for people who have been through a lot in the past seven months and you could see that on his face. It was nearly a full minute, and there were times where you could see that he looked like he might have fallen into the arms of one of the trainers. It was so obviously emotional. Um, Has he had a chance to share what he felt in that moment, what thoughts were running through his head? So he hasn't talked about that moment at the ESPYs directly, but he has talked about just how much that training staff means to him. And I also just see that on the practice field, to be honest. Like, he'll have little moments with them where he's just talking or checking in with them, and you can see it on a daily basis. Me and the training staff, we have our personal check-ins always throughout the day. And even outside of just body stuff on the field, or you know, we have our check-ins in the training room and throughout the day, and, you know, we... FaceTime at night, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what happens when you go through a a life-altering moment together. And he's very gracious and thankful for all they've done. And I think it's nice to see that everyone on the team, even outside of DeMar, appreciates the recognition that they're getting. That's like extended family to me. It's it's a personal relationship with everyone as far as the training staff. And just from going through such a a, a deep situation like that together. And then, you know, they, they saved my life. So, you know, I, I love them forever, and I, I, I got so many years of gratitude to show them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's a relationship anybody would understand. Um, this obviously goes beyond football, but DeMar's kind of now the poster child for sudden cardiac arrest in athletes. What's your sense of how he feels being in that role? It's interesting because he clearly views it as a new mission for himself. Part of DeMar Hamlin's spring and summer has been really advocating for awareness about what you can do to help people who are suffering cardiac arrest. Some of that has been certifying people in CPR and helping teach uh, hands-only CPR training and the importance of learning it. It's also been distributing AEDs, which are automated external defibrillators, which help analyze heart rhythms and restore them to their normal state. And it's something DeMar really feels passionately about helping give out to youth sports leagues specifically in his hometown. Commodio Cordes is the leading cause of death in youth in youth athletes across all sports. So that's something that I personally will be taking a step in to make a change. All the awareness around CPR and the access to AEDs have been lowering that number as well. A lot of this offseason was spent at the White House, you know, on Capitol Hill. He's doing things because he's seen that he had certain care. He's an NFL football player who immediately had medical attention. And he's realizing that, like, when DeMar Hamlin was a kid in McKees Rocks, he didn't have resources. You know, like, if something had happened, those resources weren't available. Likely the people around him may not have been certified in CPR and couldn't have saved his life. So I think he realizes the importance of giving back to that. I feel like it's a personal mission to travel the world and get everybody CPR certified. So over the off season this year, we went in Pittsburgh, we did Buffalo and we did Cincinnati, getting as many people as we can in the city CPR certified and, and donating AEDs to the local youth sports leagues, you know, across the towns. 
Well, Commodio Cordis, as we mentioned, is so random and rare, it sort of emphasizes the necessity of having CPR certified people around to literally save lives. So Elena, let's just say DeMar Hamlin's career doesn't go as he envisions it on the football field necessarily, not for any medical reason, but for all the usual reasons most guys don't make it long term in the NFL. What do you think his future would look like? I think DeMar Hamlin has a future in doing a lot of great things. He's talked a lot about wanting to expand that CPR tour that I mentioned into many more cities and getting as many people as possible CPR certified and educating them on the importance of understanding CPR and AEDs. And I think he realizes, like I said, there is a platform to this that he he has a future, which is like a huge part of this, right? We're talking about DeMar Hamlin. I see him every day. He's doing great. Like that's an amazing part of it on his own. He has a future. Like I think that part of it can't be undermined. There was a time when I was sitting in Cincinnati watching him receive care where that seemed uncertain. And to be able to say, now he wants to do something with that. He wants to spread awareness on this teach as many people as possible about what you can do to save someone who is going through cardiac arrest, save a life. That's what I think his future is, but it's also whatever he wants it to be, which is like (laughs) really cool because he now has a life to live and a platform to use however he chooses. Well, it feels like you've been able to see a lot of these heartwarming moments in DeMar Hamlin's comeback. The rest of the country is probably going to see some of those moments very soon. And hopefully we can all share in that heartwarming feeling. Thank you so much, Elena. Thanks for having me. I just want to show people that that fear is a choice, um, that, you know, you can keep going in something without having the answers and without knowing what's at the end of the tunnel. Or, you know, you might you might feel anxious You might feel any type of way, you know, but you just keep putting that right foot in front of the left one and you keep going. I want to stand for that. I'm Israel Gutierrez. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.